It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dun, 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 Hey there, Chicago White Sox fans. It is Southside Sox podcast number 134. It is our final, I believe our final Sox of Us podcast. Uh, we are, some of us drew short straws to be festive, some did not. So we're giving you a mixed bag here, including again, fair warning, seizure warning for anyone who may actually be bedazzled by flashing lights. Allie Wessel brought her game, not a mug, but headwear. Uh, I'm Brett Ballantini, lucky enough to host this podcast, as many others. Uh, we've been away for a while, but guess what? Not much has happened. So we'll be able to catch up real quick. So let's just kick it off up top with the uh, big, big news of two outfielders. White Sox went from like one to 10 outfielders in no time. Andrew Benintendi and Billy Hamilton uh, both added to the White Sox roster, one for big bucks, another for the minor league contract, although he may prove to be more valuable this season. We'll we'll address that uh, shortly. But again, uh, reactions to the big outfield additions by Chicago White Sox and Rick Hahn going to work trying to earn his way to the big boys table. Oh man. The biggest contract in the history of the Chicago White Sox, $75 million. Most teams would just laugh at that. Like, <laughs> is there, I haven't looked at the numbers. Is there a team that's done that's paid less than that to the, for the biggest contract? Because I'm going to, 
that seems pretty low. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess the Pirates for sure, possibly the Rockies, but yeah, you're right. No, I I'm indifferent towards Benintendi. I was actually more excited about getting Billy Hamilton back because he at least yeah. we know what he brings. We know what Billy Hamilton brings. We know the vibe. We know that. I, I know we're going to talk about this later, probably, but we know that the new rules have made it, you know, stealing bases easier, and maybe he'll steal a lot of bases, and maybe that'll be useful this year. Maybe that'll be the new money ball. Is it's like we'll find, we'll just sign all the guys that can steal bases and steal three hundred bases in a year, and uh, somehow, somehow win a World Series like that. I doubt it, but you know, Billy's Billy's a great guy to have. I think last say? I saw, there's like four teams left that have yet to give $100 million contracts out. And I don't know which ones they are, but I just I think that's sad something. that we're in that category. The Royals gave out the um, Nolan contract, the Nolan Arnaldo contract. Not the Royals, the Rockies. Yeah. So that could count. I mean, they traded him away almost instantly, though. Still counts. Still committed, in theory, just, committed. I'll just say I'm glad he's a legitimate outfielder and not a first baseman or a designated hitter or something. Like, I just, I can't imagine caring about this situation because, again, at least they are outfielders this time. <laughs> you're not, not going to nitpick the move because it is technically an outfielder. An outfielder who has one. A gold glove. So, I mean, you know, yeah. you want to I, think at least average defense being brought to left field. I can't he, pretend to care. Yeah. He he didn't, if I was looking at the stats correctly, he did not create an error this year. So, I mean, that's like, that's a big deal when you're talking about the White Sox, like not even one error. Um, and Fangraphs ranked Benintendi number 17 out of 50 top free agents this year. So, like, that's better than 25, right? It like is. if the White Sox are truly making a White Sox move, like he would have been ranked 25th out of 50. So like, it's a little, like it's a little bit better. Oh, we could have got the Billy Hamilton deal as the outfielder. I mean, trust me, we didn't need to wedge in a $75 million guy who's won a gold glove and you know, may still have, may still have some upside. I guess he's not, he's not pushing 40. So uh, other reactions to our two new outfielders? I think of the options that were left, like this was my preferred signing. Like obviously we saw some really big contract. I mean, Aaron judge and some other big contracts get signed before this. Um, So I think like if I'm having, you know, the luck of the draw of what's left, this is a good option. I also think that like what um, Benintendi's like 28. So he was drafted in like 2015. And if I recall, he got, picked like right before the White Sox wanted to pick him. So, I mean, also knowing that it doesn't surprise me that this is the guy <laughs> that they went with yeah. because they seem to stay loyal in odd ways to people. So, um, you know, I think overall, like we got Victor Reyes. Now we have Benintendi and Billy <laughs> Hamilton got signed. Like things are being addressed just like not in the most, lovely way that I feel they could have been but you know um it's something I suppose it could be worse right I guess that's where we're at at this point like it could be worse I mean you look at like our friends on the north side I'd rather have Benintendi than have Bellinger to be honest like I feel like at least 
last year, Benintendi, I mean, he hit over 300, you know, he's has a low strikeout. He, he gets on base and, you know, Ben, I guess Bellinger has like the possibility of being great, but he's also been really bad for the last couple of seasons. So trying to be glass half full here. We can stop making fun of Ken Williams always getting his man when Rick Hahn wanted to draft Benintendi, then wanted him in the trade. I mean, realistically, he was a top prospect, wanted him in the trade for Chris Sale. So, you know, finally got his guy. And, and, and you know, to his credit, <laughs> Ken gets him at 38. We got a guy at 28 that he always had his eye on. Uh, Maliki, you uh, came on a little bit uh, later. Uh, thoughts on, interested to know your thoughts on these two new outfielders. Yeah, so with Benintendi, I was a little bit lukewarm at first. I definitely see it. I see the upside for sure. Um, You know, if he gets back to the kind of swing he was doing when he first came up with Boston in 2018, 2019, he was a, he's a line drive hitter going gap to gap. And when he was hitting well, when he first came up, he was just smoking balls opposite field off the green monster in Boston and into their right center field gap. Guaranteed rate field has, unless I'm mistaken, the shortest gaps in baseball. It's, got this reputation for playing as a hitter-friendly park, but it's more like it's just a home-run-friendly park. It's kind of like the inverse of Kauffman Stadium in some ways, which is death for home runs, but gigantic gaps, so you get a lot of doubles. So if Benintendi can be healthy and, you know, turn back the clock a few years, even be maybe a slightly improved version of what he was in 2021, you could see someone who's brushing up against like all-star status. I definitely see that upside. That being said, it's been like three years now since he was really swinging it like that. He's coming off a handmade injury, which is notoriously bad for power. It, you know, sometimes really takes hitters a year or two to find their swing after those kinds of injuries. And he had little enough pop to begin with. So uh, the the floor, the floor is pretty low here. There's a scenario where he really might just be like a singles hitter now (laughs) um, who plays a decent left field. I think it's a good thing that the Yankees were supposedly willing to go four years with him and wanted to bring him back, but just couldn't tie themselves up that long. So just when you're letting Jose Abreu walk, it's fine, but it's kind of like this is what the offseason is hinging on is whether this turns out to be a really successful move. It's a real good contender you got there. Yeah, we have to look to other teams and say, okay, look, they sort of were kicking the tires on him. So, okay, maybe this is a good move. Uh, okay, Jordan Haas has provided us research that says uh, the, it looks like the Rays and the Pirates and the A's have a smaller top contract than the White Sox. So we are not 30th in baseball. There might be a couple of minor league teams that have actually surpassed Royals? that. The Royals have outspent us on the so so that's total biggest contract because the royals the uh technically the rays have a a and you know the wander franco extension which is you know 184 million dollars which smokes any any contract we have out of the water i'll count it and actually our biggest extension is smaller than the benintendi contract which is also not great but it's also kind of funny that the biggest race for agent is is Zach Eflin this year for forty million dollars. <laughs> so you know we could be worse because I think it was. I mean the Reds have a sixty-two. I think it was sixty-two million dollar free agent contract. So if we're going just free agents, the Reds are in there too. So, so there's the, a couple of teams that don't have any hundred million dollars, but we're you know we're probably the biggest market team of all of them. That yeah, you know, 
Does it? And, and Jordan, the Rays are going to have like 20 more wins than the White Sox this year, so we can't kick them uh, too hard. Okay, now what I need to do too, I guess, especially because she's my she's in my um, middle circle here. Allie, I think what needs to happen is like when there's a really revelatory point being made or hilarious point made, that's when I think we need the flashing lights. So again, I don't want you to go like too audiovisual. You don't need to produce and participate in the podcast at the same time. But, you know, maybe during a dull moment, you know, a little flash. You got it. You might as well listen. You've heard it before. You might as well flaunt it. Uh, okay. Listen, uh, Joe Reese has pointed out somehow Joe Reese is not showing up in this podcast. I'm not sure what's going on there, but you know, we'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, tweeted out uh, earlier today, and I don't think it's a, a novel concept of the White Sox. Now you combine all the war, the anticipated war for next season, White Sox would have the 17th most wins. I think that's what his uh, stat was pointing to, not just some made up thing. 17th most wins, which would put them as a losing record. 17th uh, last year, White Sox, of course, were, uh, tied for 15th best in baseball at dead 500 the 17th best team was boston last year they were a 78 win team so right now we're projecting again this is just fuzzy math here but let's just say roughly 78 ish wins uh, i think safe to say a below 500 team uh white Sox haven't exactly said they're done they also haven't exactly said they're doing anything this offseason they probably already surprised us all with the benintendi contract to begin with so is there still some room for the white Sox to add wins to their off season to go into the season maybe at least like all right on paper we're 500 maybe things catch the right way and there's some health this can be uh, an upper 80s 90 win team or uh, are we already sort of set and sail on the contention window 500 team or 90 win team uh, what's the vibe i mean i think you just nailed it on the head right there with health and going back to maliki like we have exponential war with this roster if everyone is healthy and producing at what they're projected to produce at, like if Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert and Yasmani Grandal can get their power back and like we have, you know, Yoan Mankata is healthy and Tim Anderson stays healthy and Andrew Vaughn like settles into first base, you know, like, we have the pieces, but Rick Hahn, again, and I think we bring this up almost on every single podcast, has built a roster that's contingent on his starting nine being healthy all of the time. Like, there's no depth. So, I mean, I like to speak in hypotheticals that, like, yeah, everyone's going to be healthy, but we have this strength and conditioning staff that never seems to be able to, like, we can never seem to injury manage well, and strength and conditioning always seems to be an issue. So, like, I'm, like... Yes, but also no on the whole contention window thing. Yeah. I'm I'm just very conflicted. Yeah. yeah, what's even concerning about that now is I was looking through the Zips projections the other day is and one of the things that he does is give you an 80th percentile projection too, which is basically mm-hmm. telling you like how what is the projection if like almost everything goes right, like the you know better than 80 percent of possible outcomes and. The White Sox, the the White Sox hitters for the most part aren't even uh, at their best, like head and shoulders better than that many other teams in the league. Most of them at this point are projected for between like you know three and four low threes WAR if if a lot of things go right, and a lot of other teams have guys who have even more players who have basically the same projection or even better. Um, Unlike their median projection, it's been, can we trust Yohan Moncada? Does he even have that 2019 ceiling anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, can Eloy Jimenez stay healthy and not slump? Is Andrew Vaughn going to take that next step? Like, there are so many things that we're asking to go right that, like, the upside is 
not really there in the same way that it was a year or two ago. So it's, it is hard to, you know, it is hard to project them for like much more than a few games over 500. If you're being like trying to be a little fair and balanced. Yeah. There was that crazy stat that was thrown out or circulating that the white Sox had like four guys projected to be like, was it better than two war, like better than us, better than starter level. And, you know, other teams got, you know, eight, eight or nine in terms of their projections. I mean, the white Sox just going into the season. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> the shine's off. It's just been one year. The shine is sort of off this team. Uh, the thoughts about this uh, off season and what 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 may still happen. There's not really much else that can happen. There's not some big trade up Hans sleeve. There can't be. I mean, I mean, there are the rumors of you know Liam Hendricks trade, but I that's not gonna. I don't think that's gonna add value to this team because you're taking away like a top five closer in baseball and going for what a second baseman that'll maybe give you two or three war and I'd rather keep you know Liam for the last last year of his contract I think but it's it's not unless you're going going and signing signing some guy to like play DH so you don't have to play Gavin Sheets every day at DH you're not really going to add any more value to this team and I mean, they might be underrating Oscar Colas. They might be overrating Oscar Colas. We don't know. We won't know. We won't even know if he's starting in the lineup this year until until opening day. But you know, there's there's all sorts of possibilities. But I don't. I'm I'm of the opinion at this point that like 2020 and 20 well 2020 wasn't a fluke. 2020 was just 2020. But 2021 is looking like it might have been just kind of a fluke season. Where it's like we had all the momentum coming off of 2020 and we'd, you know, overcome that, you know, a little bit of curse of Tony LaRussa. But, you know, last year kind of showed that this is a team that while they can be really good at times, unless we're going to get the literal best year out of every player on this team next year, which seems highly unlikely, uh probably not going to make the playoffs maybe maybe a little bit over 500 but you know it's it is what it is you'll be relieved to know jordan most legitimate piece of trade bait liam Hendricks has one more year after this coming one of course it's the one where the white Sox could decide to spend a million dollars toward him until he dies or uh just whatever 18 million for just one more fourth season in chicago so anybody trading for liam really realistically has a pretty pretty good closer I'm not sure about top five, but he's he's still definitely in the the range there uh, for uh, two more years at a pretty reasonable cost. Uh, White Sox don't sign guys for anything but reasonable costs. Any other offseason thoughts or is it just, uh, you know, time to drink? I have to think that they're they're done. I don't I don't think they're going to do anything else. And it's I mean, I'm neutral again with Ben attendee, but. At the same time, it just, it feels like one of those, oh, well, I mean, we really already had a Ben attendee, like he doesn't add any value to this team. So I feel like that's just going to be the Rick Hahn way. And that's, that's how we're ending it. And I have no real hope for next season because nobody on this team can ever stay healthy. Osmani probably should have called it quits after last season. Like, I'm not optimistic at all going into this next season. Crystal, tell me. He just did a podcast with Chuck Garfine. He works out seven days a week. 
I know I watched him because he is an incredibly attractive man. So I will watch anything that he's on, but like still. <laughs> it doesn't have to do with baseball play. That, yeah, fair. Um, and I, Crystal, I, they, they never called you about um, any uh, um, stretching, yoga, training work. They've yet to call, correct? You've been, you've had this offer on the table for at least, I want to say a couple of seasons now. Yeah, like at okay. least two seasons. Just they haven't sure. called. I'm okay. only getting better. I just upgraded my mat. Um, I found a good deal for like prime day or whatever. So again, I'm available. Yeah. You're not looking to upcharge that to the socks or anything. You're just like, yeah, I got it anyway. Like it could just be me and Dylan. He has to stay like six feet away just because, (laughs) um, but we could like lead the charge and stretch them out, but whatever. Yeah. But then, uh, uh, Ben attendee last row a little bit further away. And, uh, yeah. Dylan. Oh, we're collecting them, aren't we? Um, Melissa, not- Allie, somebody had something else to say. I, I cut you off. I, yeah, no, I, I think I have like my wild card that I'm kind of looking forward to, I think is to see what Grafal can do with this group. Um, like he's hungry, like he's super hungry. I feel like the, just kind of the more that I've read and, and things and, and, and listen to different him speaking and stuff. Like, I, I really feel like he is hungry and he really wants to win and he really wants to do well. And, and sometimes that can be super effective if you've got a very motivated manager and coaching team. So if I'm optimistic about anything, like I don't think they're going to sign anybody else. Like we're not going to get some great second baseman savior to come in and, and save the 2023 season. But I'm a little bit like a little bit, looking forward to seeing how that part plays out. Speaking of attractive White Sox, see, that's one thing the White Sox have up, you know, you don't talk about war. They've really upped their war just in overall attractiveness. Even Yasmina um, Grandal with historically bad season, still darn. They got player. rid of Adam Engel. So honestly, Uh-oh. did they? That was. Oh, wait, the weird beard Adam Engel. I'm talking about dump truck. <laughs> I don't care about the face. <laughs> you can't about what you're I love the energy. Truly do love it. <laughs> Unlike some things with the White Sox, I love this energy because I'm going to be of the opinion that um, the White Sox are going to be mid. Like, the AL Central is not good. The NL Central, by the way, also not good. The Centrals just aren't good. So, I expect nothing. The second signing was, um, I mean, the next, the last signing was Billy Hamilton, maybe. I'm thinking they're going to stay internal with the upgrade at, with second base. Or maybe they should be smart and just be like, hey, Elvis, you want to come back? Like, he's still available. Mm. He's still an option. Jane Segura, probably too expensive for the White Sox. But go get something. That's what I ask. It's not what I expect because it's the White Sox. The White Sox doing something is like Chicago not having snow. It doesn't happen. So, like, well, at least during the winter. You get the point, though. Like, at the end of the day, the White Sox are going to be a maybe 500, maybe three over, maybe three under. My dad used to always say when we talk about sports, you're three games over 500, you might as well be 500. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so I don't expect much at all from this team. Like, congrats And your on- dad's a Cubs fan. It was, just, it was just a pipe dream for him to be talking about 500 anyway. Come on. Exactly. Like, that's the thing, though. Like, still, does three games over 500 get you into the playoffs? No. Probably not. No. Unless, like, the division is even worse than it was last year. Like, I still think that the top of the division is Guardians-White Sox. But does that matter when both of them get smoked in the first or second round? No. 
do they still even do the bonuses for uh for finishing a first or second that that's uh or even third i mean these are five team divisions there there can't really be much incentive to finish second but then what am i talking about these guys are all millionaires anyway you made right? the jerry reinsdorf line of second and best because <laughs> yeah. you still make money shut up guys you made fifteen hundred dollars for finishing second what are you complaining about yeah, and also like oh god Rick Hahn taping over he's he's taking taping over big gaps with one piece of dollar store duct tape. Not even the good stuff. <laughs> um uh any chat, what is the likelihood? All right, okay, yeah, let's do a quick speed round. Likelihood of any made trade or signing by the White Sox between now and let's even say let's even say opening day. Like significant something that would get your attention. Second base could be an outfielder, could be a starter. Starter. Um, any chance? I'm going to start with Jordan. Jordan, uh, what is the likelihood of that? You think it's going to happen or not be before opening day? Ninety-five percent. Yes or no? Oh yes, ninety-five percent that there is going to be something okay. that happens. Right. Whether it's whether it's a good big or a bad big is is yet to be told, but something big will happen. Yeah, you really do have to have that caveat because it could just be a, a horrible big. Uh, okay, Dante, uh, your thoughts. So, shockingly, despite all I just said, I think they're going to go sign something, as Jordan said. It might not be good, okay. but they'll do something. Okay. Like, like the, I was hoping like I was hoping that Brandon Drury would be the idea they came up with, but he's been signed by the Angels, so nope. But I think they'll get something at second base. Also, for a record, wonderful vinyl collection behind you, Brett. <laughs> yeah, I would just move. I just move around the house. So yeah, here's where we are this time. So, uh, okay, Melissa, thoughts? Optimistic, pessimistic? No, I don't. I think Benny was their big signing. I think they're mm. like, woo! Look what we did. Biggest contract in history. We're we're great. We're done. We made everybody happy. And yeah, I I think that's it. I, so Rick mails it in for weeks. Uh, well, maybe he'll produce a couple more Project Birmingham's. Uh, Allie, what's it going to be? Is it going to light up the headgear or not? What's going to happen before uh, between now and opening day? I'm like 75% sure there's a gut-wrenching trade coming that like I'm not going to like. Oh. Um, I'm like 50-50 on a free agent signing. I'd like to see like Gene Segura or something come play second base but i'm i'm not as optimistic that that's happening i think they're gonna go with some internal options but yeah i think there's gonna be a trade to shake something up hey crystal very clearly the whole of the indianapolis field office is just sort of punting on this offseason very nonplussed given that uh what's your thoughts good or bad it can be bad of something happening between now and opening day aren't they supposed to like bring james mccann back or something Mm. i don't know that was a rumor um I just don't, I don't feel good about it. And I think that if that Liam Hendricks rumor has any weight to it, that that's a really bad idea. Um, so now I'm I'm just not optimistic. It's like a 5% chance at this point. <laughs> right. Anything that happens most likely is going to make you feel bad, not good. Yeah. I just yeah. have more of a bad feeling than anything. I think when many of us talk about the fact that the White Sox seem to be good, I, find, I, think, I think this is a big thing that Tommy's hit on a, a ton of times. Um, uh, you know, the White Sox do seem to find uh, stumble their way into some some decent bullpen arms. 
Uh, and I think when we consider some of those expendable or, hey, why do we need to sign, you know, Joe Kelly for this guaranteed money when he's already heard and we already have guys that maybe could step in the bullpen that aren't Joe Kelly. Uh, I don't think we're talking about like getting rid of the closer. I know, you know, closer, whether you believe in that mystique or whatever. I mean, Liam Hendricks is a solid contributor, a positive contributor at a decent price. Uh, he shows up to play. Uh, apparently sometimes he pitches in panic of his defense. So hopefully he can get himself right. And the defense can prove itself to him so he can pitch well for the White Sox. But yeah, if he's the guy that's being dangled, not that the White Sox have a whole lot else to dangle. It's going to give him anything. Yeah. At best, I think like Jordan said, that's just, that's addition by subtraction. Whatever you're going to get is going to be probably offset, not only by just the sheer war that Liam produces for the team, but then the weird domino effect where we think Ronaldo Lopez can just step into a closer role or however it's going to end up being. Again, I don't really buy the whole closer mystique, but it is going to be a shock to the system uh, and guys' roles are going to change. And that's probably not going to be a good thing. Uh, Maliki, what is the uh, chance uh, in your mind of the White Sox still doing something big before opening day? Yeah. um, I do think we're done with signings. Uh, it, It seems like the vibe is that if, any more money is added, money will be going out. There's been so much talk of uh, we're going to make upgrades by trade. It's not going to be free agents. It's going to be trade. They've been saying this since the moment the season ended and we haven't gotten one yet. So I'm 99% sure we'll get something before opening day. I definitely get that kind of like weird feeling of dread that like we're about to have like a really shitty Lucas Giolito trade or something like that. Uh, But it also seems to me that they genuinely do want to just run it back. They really do believe that they can have everything go right. And that last year, the last year and a half were just aberrations because of freak injuries and stuff like that. Uh, and so many of these core players are coming off of down years. It's hard to see anybody. It's hard to see them trading low on Giolito or uh, a Yoan Moncada or someone like that. On, on the Hendricks front, I mean, I don't know what it's like in that locker room, obviously, but he really kind of seems like the heart and soul of that bullpen and a real core part of the mm-hmm. the pitching staff in general. I can't imagine that that would be, a, I mean, unless they're really getting the kind of player back where you say, okay, that's a sacrifice you can make. That doesn't seem like it would be a particularly great move for a team that like doesn't can't can't stand to lose too many more likable players, at least in the way the last couple of years have gone. So. Um, I think we'll see, you know, there's been enough smoke around, you know, they talked about Sean Murphy for some reason. They're talking about James McCann. It seems like they want to upgrade a catcher. They don't trust, uh, Sebi's back to be legit or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to be, but I have to imagine one more semi-substantial move is coming, whether we like it or not. Yes. Uh, well said, Malachi, that the, uh, that really uh, not just a year, year and a half, the White Sox weren't all that good in their big playoff 90 win uh, season either. So this malaise, uh, has uh, extended. Uh, okay, Ali's headgear flashes because even though this is a speed round, Jordan Haas is going to revise answer before we go to our break. The answer now is Jordan. Sorry, I, I'm I'm saying fifty percent on a move. I just read a tweet from uh, Verdi Parise that says uh, Oscar Colas. The rumor is Oscar Colas is playing right field. Romy is playing second base, and Luis Garcia is the utility player now. It's just utility bench player now, and so I'm like. I don't know if they're going to make a move unless they're getting a catcher, but who's who who's worth trading for at this point? 
Yeah, the 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 list is uh, dwindling. We have uh, saxophist gifts to touch on. Yes, this is going to be a semi saxophist podcast. Hey, why not? Uh, and I don't know some other things, some coming attractions, and uh, any other uh, BSing we want to do. Uh, give people a chance to adjust headgear, uh, get more or less festive. Uh, or just simply take a strong, stiff drink. We will be back in a minute. Please stick with us. We'll have much more fun on Southside Sox Podcast 134. See you in a bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey there, White Sox fans. We're back. Thanks for coming back to join us for a little bit of Soxivist gifts, uh, et cetera, uh, along with the uh, fabulous vinyl collection. I am Brett Ballantini. Hosting this podcast, uh, let it be noted that Crystal O'Keefe is always dressed festively. So step back, please. Malachi, uh, in in move progress. So unfortunately, could not bring out the festive holiday nonsense sweater. So just visualize. Or if you just want to visualize him as Brian Scalabrini, hey, that's, you know, it's throwback. But uh, it did happen. It really did happen. He called the show like this time, though. (laughs) I was looking around for my uh, uh, Santa Claus boxers, but I did not find them. So I am not flashing league either uh leg either or league either uh i we are back uh it is time to get into socks of his gifts not a lot uh we're publishing it uh, i believe on christmas day so this is a little preview sneak preview don't have to read the article uh, like any of you read you just listen and watch and laugh uh anyhow if you're reading pay close attention because we will not cover every point and there may even be a few more socks of his gifts snuck in before we publish but i believe we only have four or five including myself uh, and I think three of those writers are here. So I'm going to let them just have at it and explain concept of socks of his gifts. Uh, uh, Melissa, you came up with it. So please, please to explain the concept and then launch into, I believe you had like several, but launch into, you know, whatever your, your, your top few gifts are. Yeah. I just thought it, you know, being the holiday season, it'd be fun if we could think about our favorite players and, give them gifts. And so I like came up with 12 because like for the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> so I like picked out my favorite 12 and then um, assigned them each fun gifts. So um, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go over all 12 of them because I want people to like got to read to like find all 12 of nice. them. But, but, but some of my favorites. Okay. So Jake Diekman, um, I wanted to give him a gift certificate for one-on-one uh, facial hair grooming session with Dallas Keuchel because that dude needs some help in terms of the personal grooming situation. And I mean, if Dallas did do anything well, he, his facial hair was like top notch. So yeah, 
So that was my one of my favorite ones. Um, I also wanted to give Liori, the legend, um, a one-way ticket out of town so we never have to see him again. Um, you can only ride that home run in game three yeah. so far, buddy. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. You just you just can't. Yeah. Um, and then uh gavin sheets he gets a brand new state-of-the-art shiny um first baseman's glove and it's the only glove all season he has ever allowed to use first baseman glove only mm-hmm. um yeah so those maybe, are those are my favorite ones and, and gavin maybe you could throw in like a, a seat cushion for the bench because he'll be mostly watching andrew vaughn playing first yes. base but hey sorry gavin it's just <laughs> you're you're not a number three overall pick or a uh Golden Spikes or College Hitter of the Year, whatever he was. Malky knows. He'll tell me. Uh, okay. Uh, let's take it a different direction. Uh, Dante Jones with a gift, but I don't think for the White Sox. Um, ex- please to explain your saxophist gift, Dante. Dante Dante's is frozen. He's he's opt he's opting out of participating <laughs> size with his gifts. He's revising as we speak. Maybe we'll get back to Dante. Uh we will oh, yeah, shift. The connection's bad. I'm back. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well yeah, then sorry about that. You still have the opportunity. Uh, you hit the buzzer, so you have the opportunity. All right. So my gift is basically how about we just, you know, receiving, giving, you know, giving's a great part about Christmas. It's my favorite part. Love to give gifts. Let's give another team some, you know, some relievers. We got the super <laughs> pin. Let's just go back down to slightly super and not Joe Kelly and mm-hmm. Jake Diekman and everyone in the pen at once. Like maybe Diekman can be traded or Aaron Bummer or, you know, there's, there's options. At first I said Liam Hendricks, but I'm like, nah, I, I, I'd rather keep Liam Hendricks. So, Let's keep Hendrix. Bummer can go, or Kelly can go, a Deakman or a Graveman. You know, let's take Graveman now. He can go spread COVID somewhere else. <laughs> oh, the group is it's increasing. We need, uh, we, need a, we need an Aquaman bullpen and not a an Aqua bullpen and not a Super Bullpen. <laughs> um, uh, okay, and it's Allie. Allie is uh, the last of our guests who have participated so far in Saxivus Gifts. Uh, and believe me, it's a popular gift, really, not just figuratively. Literally, that headgear should be lighting up because this is a good one. Allie, please explain your gift. Oh, it's a gift to White Sox fans, even though it's a gift to the owner. Yeah, um, I would really love <laughs> to gift Jerry Reinsdorf a fat-ass check to purchase this <laughs> ball club. Um I'm sick of Jerry. I I think it's time. He's old. He needs to just let it let it lie. Um he's watching his other team, you know, of the NBA implode this year too. Like things are just not going well and I would love to just take it off his hands. Um yeah, that's all I got, you know. Not much to elaborate there. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're busy uh, aiming our sights for billboards, which is a great effort, by the way. Uh, well done, all of uh, White Sox fandom. Uh, but boy, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if that was just one little step higher to be able to write that check and say, Jerry, please go away. Uh, maybe take Michael with you and let somebody even take over the Bulls. Uh, because, wow, it's been a tough year for Reinsdorf ownership. Uh, good golly. Um my gift, uh, I wrote about it at length. I'm not putting it in the sacks of his gifts, or I will refer to it, but uh, it's just some innovation. You know, we had a big discussion. I don't know. I guess I was the one getting all 
riled up or talking a lot about it like I'm some brilliant mind or whatever. But I really do think the White Sox ought to apply, as they should have last year, uh, six legitimate stars to the rotation. There's ways to game this. Guys are always hurt anyway. Give me six legitimate stars instead of having to go to emergency uh, uh, Davis Martin or uh, think that Dallas Keuchel has anything left or sign Vince Velasquez to a small contract, but give him a very precious roster spot. Uh, No need to worry about options. Just get six guys legitimately up there. Somebody's always achy or, uh, you know, I don't know, is Lucas going to come back, you know, all bulked and hulked up again where he's going to need like a midseason break to like work on his timing or something? Well, guess what? You can take that break uh, while, you know, um, uh, sitting on the I.L., uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's that different than hockey. You don't really have to provide a lot. That blister can linger for six weeks. Uh, you know, come on. Uh, nobody's going to bust you on that. I would like to see the White Sox be a little bit more uh, proactive with the injured list. They've been really, really bad, <laughs> certainly in this last year with how they're, uh, how the injured list somehow games them instead of them actually trying to game the injured list. They don't even know when a guy's hurt to put them on. Uh, That's asking for a miracle for them to suddenly have a, have someone on staff who knows how to use it and then even how to maybe use it to their advantage. Uh, But you know, it's a gift. I would give that gift to them. Just some, something innovative project Birmingham isn't Uh, a new training staff. I mean, it might turn out to be a great move, but that's not innovative. You had to do that. Everybody's broken. Uh, but at any rate, uh, that's, that's my, um, Soxivus gift. And that probably does somewhat conclude our Soxivus season. We are also going to run out, uh, this week, the, uh, Soxivus, uh, quotes, tweets, uh, piece, that idea, the brainchild of, uh, Jordan Haas. Uh, and we got some participation in that as well. And there are some, uh, fun little highlights. Dante just sort of backed into the, uh, the, the greatest, uh, quote, meme, whatever of the year in, in terms of Fresh Prince and the Empty Room. Uh, so there's some fun stuff to read on that. And again, we may have a few other people writing there as well. So, you know, it's going to be maybe a, a half dozen writers, uh, uh, taking that on as well. Uh, it can be a fun read. And again, that concludes a, a very uh, entertaining and more in-depth Socks of a season than we had even a year ago. Who knows what it's going to be next year? Maybe we'll just start Socks of us at the All-Star break because the, the season's going to be uh, so very miserable. Um, before I get to coming attractions as we wind up the podcast, I am just going to throw it out to my uh, fantastic panel and find out what it is that I haven't touched on in this podcast that we do need to discuss. It could be billboards. It could be how much we hate uh, Jerry. It could be uh, how bad the moves that weren't made or were made. Uh, were, but uh, hey, it's a free forum spot. Uh, anybody have other things they want to add about this White Sox team or otherwise? I just want to get everyone's opinion on Tim Anderson and his cryptic ass Twitter <laughs> um, rampage because he's been confusing a lot of people and I think it's getting comical at this point, but I just was wondering what other people's opinions are. It's avant-garde, Allie. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't have any opinions on it. He's just tweeting probably, you know, he, he's like high school me. He's he's tweeting out some really cryptic shit that gets people kind of concerned, but like not concerned enough to actually dive deeper in about it. But maybe there's something going on there or maybe there's nothing going on there. But he doesn't know. have to explain himself to anybody. Yeah. That was very clear. I don't have to explain myself to anybody. Yeah, what is what is the per, what is the end game for that? What's the purpose of it? I mean, it can't. It's not just a goof. It's very public. I mean, okay, so you're pushing buttons with people, but I mean, what? He's he, what? He's sending a secret message out to one person or something. I I really don't understand what the what the objective is, avant garde or not. 
we call this subtweeting when, mm. when your tweets are meant for one person. Um, I just, you know, Melissa, you talked about earlier in the podcast, like how Grafal seems to have like fire under his butt to like motivate these people. And like, obviously there was some tension in the locker room and I just like the way things read, I'm like, is this just going to cause another issue in the clubhouse? Like before the 2020 seasons, even like the 2023 seasons already starting, like, are we already in a place where like toxicity is like already getting started? Like that's where I come from, where I'm just like, I don't want to do this again. (laughs) I've interpreted um, literature and I've, uh, you know, written theses and I've taught composition and all that stuff, but I do not understand what is even necessarily going on here. Allie, can you just give me and the other ignorant listeners out there just an idea of what's going on? Because I was not aware that this might even be something that is rifting the clubhouse. So is is, is, uh, the points even salient enough for you to explain? No, like, <laughs> like to on on twelve two. Like real life is still going on too, though. Don't ask about him if you don't want to see him around. Like he's just tweeting stuff that like could be read into, but like could not be read into. And I just I like to read into it because mm. he's a supposed to be this star like leader shortstop on our team and tweeting like he's sixteen years old. Yeah, probably not could be like a YouTube series devoted to Tim Anderson like there was, what, a year or two ago. I, I, something tells me that's going to get skipped now. It's just going to be just like focus on maybe staying healthy and keeping your mind in the game. Uh, I think it just comes down to the fact that he's a cancer man and he's got a lot, he's, you know, there's a lot going on up there. Um, you know, big, big Zodiac astrology girly. Um I just think he's a little moody. I get it. I live with a cancer man as well. Um, He would probably tweet cryptic things too if I let my 12-year-old have Twitter. So I think he's just a little little moody right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I was just like, it's Tim Madison tweeting the way Tim Madison has been tweeting for years because it's just like, like, it's like Cam Newton's Instagram page. I don't follow either one of them because I don't need to see any of that. And I honestly, my perspective has always been, yeah, this is probably more personal life stuff than White Sox stuff because, like, the you know, you never know what's going on with someone's life. And also, he's a black dude from, like, poorer neighborhoods. And a lot of people that are from there that look like us kind of tweet like that sometimes when mm-hmm. we're going through something. Like, some of us, like me, are a little bit more direct because I just, I don't care. And then some <laughs> of us are millionaire athletes that have to care because if you say the wrong thing, you'll piss people off. If you say the right thing, you'll piss people off. And if you do what Tim Anderson is doing, which is being as cryptic as you can get, then you're still going to piss people off. I Like, like I said, I just had to unfollow him. I was just like, eh, Tim tweets stupidly sometimes. I'll ignore it. Wasn't there also, something though, like when the day that Jose was traded or the day after, and he was just like, Oh, the air is like deflated from the balloon. <laughs> and so it was like, like that, but like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, he seems like one of those dudes that like, like a lot of people in life think they're more like, think they're <laughs> philosopher of sort, but just like, nah, bro. Like, like you're a life- good trash talker, but that's not philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that life be life, bro. I get it. But like, cryptic tweeting through it will not solve the issue. Do what most of us do 
If you're feeling bad, go to therapy. If you just tweet into tweets, fine, cool. I don't care. Like it's Twitter. The only like there's so many things on Twitter that annoy me more than Tim Anderson, such as a billionaire idiot owning the platform. Mm. And at least I got to see Rick Hahn tweet stupidly like Steve Cohen. So whatever. Yeah, it's, but, oh, it's all good. That's true. Uh, well, now I'm really eager to get like the prose poem uh, from Dante Jones sometime next year. So, or maybe just even like, let's just make it the 15th of every month. It's just got to be like Tim Anderson tweeting, uh, Dante Jones tweeting as Tim Anderson. I I, I think I'm going to bug I got you. you. I'll do um, a bad dramatic take reading every single month. If Sweet. Yes. Also, like if this all leads to Tim Anderson getting traded, I will laugh because Tim Anderson is my favorite player. And I will just be, I will turn into a joker. I will just laugh for hours upon hours because tweets, man, not even anything like bad. It's just cryptic shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, that shows how poor of a state this team is in that we're talking about tweets when the contention window is supposedly open. In reality, it's more shut than after I take my air conditioner out the window. When <laughs> so it's like, like it's tweets, man. I don't want to spend time talking about tweets that aren't bad, just cryptic. I'd rather like, I wish the team was good enough that we could focus on the team being good and not Tim Anderson being moody. Liam Hendricks saying that the defense behind him is shit, which it is. Besides, mm-hmm. maybe like besides Jose Abreu, it was shit. Like at the end of the day, these people are people. They make comments. They do cryptic shit. We all do the same thing. So I don't want to ride him like as a bad, as anything bad of it, as I know no one else here is trying mm-hmm. to do. It is, it is annoying because you just want a straight answer, but it's the White Sox. He's following the footsteps. There's no such thing as a straight answer. All right, here's something bad, and I'm coming after you, Tim Anderson, for it. Stop blocking our guy, Lenny Gore. Take him off of your block list. This has been like five years. Come on, man. All right, get off of Blocks Tim are permanent. You know this. Blocks are permanent. <sighs> um... Ask Donald Trump about my list towards him. <laughs> Um, uh, other uh, thoughts. I got a speed round idea, but uh, other um, open ideas we have before we uh, start to roll the credits on this. I have one. Um, I am not going to write this in your article. I'm very sorry. But one of my gifts to certain White Sox players would be contraceptives, like a little, like a little bowl in the clubhouse that you can just yes, like when you're in college, um, on your way out. Um, or like maybe a gift card to Planned Parenthood. I don't know. They offer services for men as well. Um, that way we don't go into 2023 with baby mama drama anymore. That would only help. You would think it would only help. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess you don't have to put that in the article, Crystal. All right. I'll get my check mark taken away because somebody will be very mad. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I was going to make a rude comment, but I decided not to make a rude comment about the man that owns the um, social media platform that we use for bird app tweets. Yeah, well, I think that's just a given. So, uh, yeah, my own personal feeling toward it is, boy, it is becoming a real disincentive to use, but I'm just hopefully going to ride it out to see the whole thing crash. And then, you know, maybe it just bounces back or is rescued at the very last moment and turned He's back supposedly into... Res- Oh, yeah. He's supposedly resigning once he finds someone fit to take over the company. <laughs> once the proper poll tells him to. Yeah, sure. Just like Rick. Rick Hahn. Just yeah, like Rick. Rick. 
<laughs> oh, that's an unflattering comparison. What Sorry, the Rick. Same. Oh, Rick. Um, Just a few billion dollars between them. You know, nothing too special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe he'll make Rick a billionaire. We never have to see him involved with baseball again. I'll, I think I'll sacrifice him if it means it's like I can deal with baseball in Chicago not being horrible and the Cubs. Because the Cubs are worse than that. Because they have the rickets. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing that maybe the White Sox uh, rest too easy on now. That somehow Cubs ownership is always worse than them, and it really is worse than them now. There's almost nothing the White Sox could do, but that's not a challenge, White Sox at all. Um, uh, okay, well, uh, we'll close open forum. Uh, we do have coming attractions. We are beginning all our prospects coverage. Uh, something that not everyone always understands, but I don't think there's any harm in giving some shine to a lower level prospect, gives them a little attention. And who knows? Sometimes those lower level prospects, like Carlos Perez, uh, become guys who are legitimate uh, major league contenders or major league, even major league players. Our top 100 prospect countdown begins and our top prospect uh, poll where uh, you readers vote on who the White Sox top prospects are starting with one and we're starting the other one at 100. They somewhere meet somewhere close to the middle and then somehow the top prospect votes that you make at Southside Sox count toward the actual final countdown. See how that works. Uh, A lot of work, but a lot of fun. And we do have a number of writers hopping in on that, including Melissa Sage Molenbach, who I believe is going to kick off with number 100 uh, and that's coming up if not right now as this is publishing this podcast uh, very soon so stay tuned she'll be uh, hopping in and out of the 100 prospects list along with a lot of our other writers we have a christmas eve piece the traditional piece from uh, lee allen at sock santa uh, it's a very entertaining one this year usually does a pretty good job sometimes the night before christmas this year is not night before christmas but it is uh, something pretty entertaining uh, and uh, we have a lot of Hall of Fame votes coming up. Uh, we haven't done anything yet, but we're going to do our, still going to do our veterans ballot. We're going to do our regular Hall of Fame vote, uh, the Cooper, Cooperstown vote, and of course the most fun of all, the White Sox Hall of Fame, which include, of course includes other bonus categories like uh, craziest character, uh, best defensive play. I I don't even know what they are yet. I'm not even close to writing it, but I will put that together for you probably around Sox Fest time. The uh, Ghost of Sox Fest still exists on Southside Sox with the Southside Sox. Uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, so that's all coming up. Uh, a lot of other stuff as well, but mm, I can't think of any of it right now. And plus, just trying not to work quite as hard as in season. I believe Crystal O'Keefe, at the very least, can identify with that. Thank you again, Crystal, for a tireless, tireless, and thankless 2022 season. What were you doing and what was I doing letting you do it? Well, we'll see what we do for 2023, putting together the schedule now. Uh, we'll they they could have at least been a little nicer to me. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean you haven't got your gift yet? Forget your job <laughs> offer. You haven't even got your gift yet? Shit. Okay. Jeez, White Sox. <laughs> Don't look at gift horse. Come on, White Sox. Um, I mean, it's the White Sox. They are very good at fucking up farewells or additions. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 too true. Um, this is certainly the last podcast before Christmas. Uh, probably not the last one of the year, but then again, if the White Sox, if nothing else is going on, I mean, we don't really talk about baseball at large, but I mean, most of all that stuff has happened. Of course, who wants to talk about Carlos Rodon? Carlos Rodon? 
going to the Yankees. That's just um, depressing. I don't want to talk about it, but I mean, not probably a whole lot of breaking news in, in baseball. So who knows? Maybe this, this could be the last of the year. Uh, if not, if something's breaking or if we, you know, we get the fever, we will uh, probably all six of these people will join me in some sort of festive wear. Maybe it'll be New Year's wear. Maybe we'll be in our formal attire uh, coming at you to podcast once more before this year is out. Otherwise, uh, we will see you on the other side. Thanks. Thanks to all of my guests here. Oh, let's run them down once more. Malachi, uh, who is uh, in the process of moving safe move there. Uh, terrific participant in uh, on our site. I think he writes a little for the Yankees now, but we are not going to hold that against him because he is super cool. Jordan Haas taking a big, big chunk of work after joining right on. She was tireless in her own way at the very uh, end of the season. And Oh, yeah, guess what? Roll out the carpet for you all next year. Oh, go for it. Go crazy every month. Uh, Melissa Sage Bomabak uh, as well, including even chiming in on pretty much, I got to say, really sampled the entire buffet line of Southside Sox uh, already, including now even some of this uh, top prospect work. So uh, appreciate that from you, Melissa, uh, Allie, just as well, coming out at the very same time, uh, seeing almost no hitters, podcasting like 28 days in a row, uh, bringing a very, very solid uh, coffee mug uh, game to the podcast and now headgear. So (laughs) watch out. Who knows what it's going to be for New Year's Eve? Uh, Dante Jones, again, podcast stalwart and uh, future uh, prose poetry article uh, writer. I can't wait to badger him into that. Uh, And of course, I've already heralded uh, my number two, uh, the hardest worker on this site, probably of all, it's Crystal O'Keefe. She doesn't know what she's gotten herself into, but she revels in it. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you all for being part of this uh, podcast and part of this uh, site. Uh, appreciate it, especially hopping on before the very busy or as the holiday season really creeps up and gets hot. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, reading, all that stuff. Of course, without you, we're not here. But we'll see you on the other side into another year, which is bound to be better than this one, uh, unless we sneak one more in. But uh, we'll keep you guessing. Uh, We'll catch you all probably sooner than you're ready for this. Thanks, everybody.